books with Aaron, Paul, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. And I love splat books. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure where to go with that. Uh, for those not in the know, our, our buddy Wayne also has another podcast he's on. It's a small thing called Fear the Boot. That was a little crossover nod. Ah, yeah. We can we, move on. We sat down to have a one-episode conversation about splat books and how much we hated them. And uh, ended up recording four episodes out of it in one sitting. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly Aaron's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I I it, it seemed I I just I, I don't know I don't know. Are, so, are, are you are you delaying so that we can look up what the splat book even is? Oh, it's a D and D thing. Ah, it's context. Thank you. Source books <laughs> devoted to a particular facet, character class, or fictional faction in a role playing game. I was uh, thinking something like a like a snuff book or something. Thank so, you, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also Splat the Cat, and he has a nice series, uh, including Splish Splash Splat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love splat, splat the cat. So back I, to school. <laughs> I, you know, you uh, speaking of cats, you can't swing a dead one without running into something something about the coronavirus. Good and save. Uh, Good we save. <laughs> we found out yesterday that uh, the South by Southwest Music and Arts Festival down in Austin was canceled in relation. To the coronavirus they said that um, will cost them hundreds of millions of dollars of local over, over 400 million dollars in the local economy that is uh horrifying yeah. and, and you know i'd like to point out i do a lot of business down in austin and when south by southwest is going on you cannot get a hotel room um and i mean so that just right there in the hotel industry that is huge particularly in a in a non legislative year you know austin is the capital of texas uh during during the six month of legislative session it's very difficult to get a hotel room in austin uh i imagine that this is a a just a great big huge hit to the hotel industry alone in austin not to mention all of those uh wraparound businesses you know hospitality etc uh that are going to take a big hit on that i mean all the bars and whatnot down down on uh sixth street so I, i i can see how this is just slamming the economy but you know south by southwest is is a huge uh festival not unlike uh san diego uh, comic-con or some of the other big conventions we saw earlier you know c2e2 last week that a number of guests canceled because they just like you know not flying not touching people <laughs> you know yeah. uh, not going to do it and one Wayne, of the you, biggest conventions out there for comics outside of comic, San Diego Comic-Con is uh, the Emerald City Comics. And uh, a couple weeks ago, first we had Diamond Comics announce that they were pulling out of it for fear of coronavirus because Seattle is in an area that has you know noted cases. Right. And uh, just yesterday, the uh, Emerald City Comic-Con announced that they were postponing until later in the year out of because the city actually asked them to yeah i i I think we're going to see a lot more of that you know coming into convention season particularly in the early part of the season uh i know 
it is suspected that, you know, or is hoped, I should say, that coronavirus might be seasonal. So we should see some some uh, seasonality end maybe in the summertime so that it wouldn't bother something like San Diego. But, you know, if the conditions are the same, I can't imagine that San Diego would happen. And Paul, is there a big uh, D20 or uh uh, Star Wars Fest this year? There is. It's in August, though. So yeah. we will have to, you know, obviously every convention, conference, whatever is monitoring it right now. Um, yep. Well, so and part of the issue is even besides the health risk, insurance companies aren't offering event insurance. Right. And all of these major events, as someone who runs a convention, we get insurance and we just put our uh, quote in. So I don't know if we're going to have any problems getting it for Fear the Con. But uh, some of the big conventions coming up, I think, like Gen Con may be impacted by this. Uh, the Gamma Trade Show is this coming up week, and Wizards of the Coast, among seven other companies, have pulled out of it. And when you look at where this is really hitting, there's a good chance there may not be Olympics this year. Because Japan yeah. is actually severely hit by this to the point that they've closed down schools. Yep. And when a company where when a country like Japan that cares that much about education says we're just not going to have school for the month of March, you know things are getting kind of serious for them. Absolutely. And they have actually come out and said there is a 60% chance the Olympics may be canceled. Well, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm going to a cigar festival next week, and they've already said that they are proceeding. Uh, because I, I think largely that the cigar smoke will kill all the coronavirus in the air. I think that you're protected by the uh, cigar smoke you know judging from our friends group i think we could do a whole hot take coronavirus edition <laughs> but that is not this podcast needless to say yeah needless to say though it is impacting a lot of people and a lot of our hobbies yeah wow i, I feel like that's tim telling me to shut this conversation down shut it down aaron Shut it down. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better. Three years ago, I would have just sighed heavily, and you'd have to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> have to edit it out. Well, I'm super excited today because uh, we have got some some crazy March Madness ahead of us. But first, we got comic books to talk about. Nobody, nobody, jump in there. Do okay. we have comics to talk about? I, don't think, <laughs> I, I didn't think this was a comic about. podcast. I thought we were just going to talk yeah. about splat books and. Uh, and uh corona. corona i wasn't yeah. prepared yeah. to talk about comics aaron i'm not overly excited because uh i didn't care for most of the books i read this week what? you did not like superman villains i did not like superman villains holy shit i love this book i really disliked most of the artwork so let's take a step back superman villains i got because i like the idea of seeing how villains reacted to superman revealing that he's clark kent the book itself has a lot of creators. So as you go through, there's you know multiple writers, Bendis, Fraction, and uh, Jody Hoser. I probably mispronounced that. But the artist list is huge. And as you kind of flip through it, there are drastically different art styles throughout it. Some of them I liked. Some of them I strongly disliked. What I wanted from this book, though, was exactly that setup. I wanted to see the villains reacting to basically to the Superman reveal. And there wasn't nearly as much of that in the book as I expected. There was a lot more of his friends and his coworkers, probably more than friends reacting to the reveal. And we've already seen that there is this background story of the person 
person who's bought the Daily Planet that is tied to a Metropolis Mafia that's all part of Leviathan that wasn't interesting to me at all. And the villains that I really wanted to see the reactions of, like Lex Luthor, he gets two pages. I love those pages. And it's... it's, it's the it's the Joker leaving. It opens up, you know, and we're we're seeing these, you know, elements of where uh, the villains are finding out or are reacting to the to the uh, Clark Kent Superman news, and so you know, uh, Lex Luthor's in his office and he's playing his you know ninety eight voicemails, and they're all the Joker laughing at him, and it's just panel after panel of. <laughs> And just laughing at him, it finally just sends Lex Luthor over the edge and he destroys his office. I like that, it but I wanted to see more Lex in this. I, You know, the only the, the problem is where Lex is right now. So even though Lex looks normal here, uh, he's still Apex Lex. And so I think it's difficult for them to give you more because of where uh, Lex Luthor is in his character right now. But the, 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 the story that I loved the absolute most in Superman villains was the toy man story because, you know, uh, you know, it shows toy man and, and sort of, you know, the way he's always been, but then he, he finds out that Clark Kent is Superman and he's like, Oh my God, he's just a guy. Superman's just a guy. He's not a guy just being out there. Superman all day. He's just a guy just trying to, to get along just like the rest of us. And it motivates toy man to be a better person. And he turns himself in. And then he gets recruited by uh, a uh, super spy organization to be essentially their quartermaster, you know, their Q from 007. I, I just, I, I loved that storyline. I hated it. Oh I just God, don't I care it. about that character. And the I art was so horrible on those pages that I just could not find myself getting into it at all. And I, I like I the asked, idea of a villain going good. It's just, why did it have to be Toy Man? And why did it have to be this art? I love that it's Winslow shot. I love that uh, the art is whimsical uh, as sort of a Toy Man character should be. Uh, a Toy Man character story should be. Uh, I dug it quite a bit. I mean, it's a matter of taste. If you didn't yeah. like it, you didn't like it. But I thought I, the Firefly appearance was just dumb. Like, why is he even there to shoot up the Daily Planet? It's like he, he doesn't need to see Superman. He already knows he's there uh-huh. after the announcement. Uh, and the art was really terrible on that part, too. It's just yeah. I wanted to see more of the villain interactions. And we got this storyline that was the, uh, like I said, the person that bought the Daily Planet is and, the major storyline through. And I liked that concept of now they... You know, they have this story that they have to publish that's going to potentially sink the Daily Planet. That's a good story. But it wasn't what I was looking for in this book. The one interaction I did like, even though it wasn't a villain, but he might as well be a villain, was the Steve Lombard. Uh, the Steve Lombard page cracked me up. Same yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Steve Steve, Steve Lombard is, you know, the, the, the guy who's always been an adversary of Kent's for Lois Lane. And so for him to find out that, look, that Clark Kent is Superman is uh, just sort of mind blowing for Steve Lombard. Yeah. I didn't like the Mongol setup. I loved the Mongol setup. You and you and I could not have more wildly different opinions. One, I love the, the ongoing thread through the book about what's happening at the daily planet, because it's not just, Hey, we found out that our publisher is, you know, head of the metropolis mafia. It's, 
what do we do with the story? You know, do we print it? You know, uh, how how is how is that going to affect everybody who works at the Daily Planet? And it's Perry's struggle with that. Uh, and, and I love that. But, you know, I have stayed in action comics. You haven't. So this has been an ongoing thread in action comics. Um, if I wasn't already buying action comics or if I w- hadn't already planned on buying this, it would have ticked me off that so much of that resolution was in a book different from action comics. I think that's some uh, some uh, uh, shitty planning on, on DC's part. But other than that, I mean, I loved the the you know, Mongol essentially tells his origin story in his response to Clark Kent about, you know, I killed my father, my father's father killed his father, you know, yada, yada. Then here comes his son. It was so choreographed there. Well, you knew it was going to happen, but I liked seeing that, that new origin story. We're going to get a brand new Mongol uh, who, you know, to go up against Superman, who does not have the experience of having fought Superman. And I always liked these Superman Mongol fights. Um, I love this book a great deal. Um, I I like the Supergirl story, but I'm ready for I'm ready for them to bring Supergirl back. Well, you know, I, I do. You, do you read the Supergirl book? I don't. See, I've been reading the Supergirl book. I enjoyed this tie-in, uh, but again, was a little like, wow, you know, it seems like this story should have been in the Supergirl book. But uh, yeah, I, 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 what I really wanted out of this in here, book was the setup they gave. I wanted more of the villains reacting because that's the point of this book. It was called villains, but a lot of the reactions weren't the villains. Yeah. I mean, I think you could, I, I, I think villains was the wrong title for the book. I mean, I think maybe it should have been Superman antagonists, but it's not nearly as sexy um, because, you know, Steve Lombard is not a villain. Uh, you know, yeah. he's somebody that pressures the relationship, but Paul I, Kent is not a villain. I, I completely agreed. That story had no place in this book. But all that they said, put Gorilla Grodd on the cover, and he's not in the book. That pisses me off. Yeah, I I, I will tell you that uh, problems noted. I loved this book a great deal, and you hated this book a great deal. Yeah, if the art were better, I might have had a better take. And on I thought it, the art was great. I, I, I mean, I love, love this book. There is very little art in this. I liked the Supergirl art. I liked, and that was it. Yeah, I I, I again, big two thumbs up from me. But uh, maybe you felt differently about Strange Adventures, Wayne. Issue number one from uh, Mitch Jarrods, uh, Tom King, and uh, Evan Shaner came out this week. I got to tell you, I've been I have been excited about this book ever since it was announced. I loved the uh, Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, uh, Mister Miracle. So I was I was ready, willing, and able to uh, to get into this book. So Paul, I know that uh, mm-hmm. that you were looking forward to it. What'd you think? I'm. I liked it. Uh, you know, I I, I don't want to say it, it's one of those. Okay. First of all, let me say the artwork is beautiful, mm-hmm. and I get what they're going for, right? They're, they're Mitch Jarrods is drawing essentially like the truth of the story, whereas Doc Shaner is drawing. Kind of the the Adam fantasy. the fantasy uh, yeah. you know that Adam Strange has concocted in his biography autobiography about his adventures on Ron, and so what we're dealing with here is we're seeing that um, you know Adam Strange is you know he, he's come back to Earth he's written a book about his adventures on Ron um, his wife has come with him Alana has come with him, and so you know it, it's his interpretation of the truth 
And what we're finding is because Earth doesn't, you know, there is nobody on Earth who, who, who's been to Ron. So, you know, he, he's got you know, this rabid fan base, but war is messy. And the truth of the matter is probably much more complicated. Right. And so someone calls him out on it during a book signing. And then that person is murdered. And what happens is Adam Strange, you know, he, he says he goes to Batman and says, investigate me. Just investigate me. Let's clear this up. I didn't do it. And Batman refuses because he's like, no, man, we're too close, but I, I might know somebody. And it ends up being Mr. Terrific. And that's right. basically the summary of this first issue. I will say I did enjoy it quite a bit. I love the Doc Shaner pages. Um, you know, in, in a different context, I would be all about the Doc Shaner aspect of the storyline. But as it's presented, you know, it's tainted by the fact that it's it's not necessarily the truth. Um, my only qualm about it, and and I don't know how you felt about it, so I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it, is that it felt a bit more of the same um, as it relates to Mr. Miracle. The relationship between Adam and Alana felt very much like um, Scott Free and Big Barda. And, it you know, it, 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 for a minute there, it's, you know, I'm reading this book and I'm like, this feels like Mr. Miracle issue 11, essentially. Uh, or Mr. Miracle issue 13, I should say. Um, now it's different characters, but it just has a very similar feel, and you know maybe the, I mean maybe that's just Tom what Tom King is actually going for, uh, but it is very much in the style of Mister Miracle, even with the nine panel grids, art style. Alana kind of looks like Big Barda a little bit, mm-hmm. just you know um, shorter. shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in general, I, I I'm curious about where the story is going, and I was gonna. I was going to invest in the storyline regardless unless the first issue shit the bed, and it didn't. The first issue was engaging, and I'm curious to see where the story goes. Yeah, I'll give my pros before I give my cons, then. Uh, like you, Paul, I like the artwork. I like the art, both art styles a lot. I like the fact that they're doing a different art style for the when he's on Ron and it's that story versus when he's on Earth. Uh, I like the... The whole book setup and the book tour quite a bit. Uh, I saw it coming that uh, Mr. Terrific would be the one that comes in and actually investigates him pretty easily. Because who else would Batman possibly choose? Uh, What I didn't like, I didn't like Batman saying he wouldn't do it. I get the whole I'm too close thing, but he's Batman. He investigates everyone. You know, even the people he trusts. Even, you know, he even talked about Superman at one point. He's like, if I could autopsy him right now, I would. When he came back from the dead. So yeah, I don't I don't buy that Batman couldn't be impartial and do the investigation. But I do get his comment that people might not trust that impartialness because the public doesn't realize how, you know, basically untrusting Batman really is. So Mr. Terrific, I get that he would bring him in for the for the public aspect to actually be helpful. Uh the dialogue on Ron, I get what they're going for. This is his version of the story. His version of the story is so corny, so cheesy. The dialogue is so bad when they're on Ron. Uh, but again, I get that it's part of the, this is the book that he has written thing. Uh, overall, I enjoyed the story. I expected I would like it a lot more than I did. Uh, I was hoping this would be the next Mr. Miracle. Uh, I would say Alana, there is nothing about her that seems like she's from another planet. I struggled with Alana a great deal because I couldn't reconcile how comfortable she was 
with the nuances of uh, Earth book publishing uh, being an off-worlder. Exactly. And I also like she's always been here. And I also struggled with, well, how did she get here? You know, um, because the Zeta beam, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, The Zeta beam only transports, only transports Adam. So did she fly here? Uh, There's no conversation about that. And so, I mean, I spent a lot of time in the book going, you know, is one of these characters imagined? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I had a hard time reconciling Alana. That, that, I had that, that is my same big issue of how she got there, but I I expect them to answer that in a later issue. Yeah. If they don't, then I'll be severely disappointed. Yeah. But my more my issue with her was more she's not acting like she's from another planet. She's right. too ingrained. She gets this world way too much for someone who wasn't born here. She's just accepted. She's it doesn't well, I, seem like I, she's the same character. She's just you have a, a generic character. Did you have a moment in the book where, you know, the woman that he was with on Earth wasn't the same woman that he's with on Ron? I, mean, I was like, is he having an affair on Earth? Which, I, I mean, I think that it, when he's when he's yeah, yeah. honestly, it, it was the sex scene. I was yeah. like, oh, is he is he, you know, is that a, his woman on Earth versus his woman yeah, on, but like, no, it, it is the it's it's I'm assuming yeah, it's, it's meant to be the same. It, it's supposed to be the same person. I'm just like I said, having a hard time reconciling that. Mm-hmm. And Paul, I'll agree. I it is too much in the flavor of Mr. Miracle. Um, you know, in, in the way this story's being told. Um, I you know, the Mr. Miracle was an unreliable narrator in Mr. Miracle. Um and I feel like this is a little bit more on the nose about that in that, you know, he has written a book inside the story uh, and that he is clearly unreliable there. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that as well. But I, I, I think that the artwork uh, is just stunning. The Mitch Jared's art, the Doc Shaner art. Uh, I, I just love the artwork in this book. Well, and here's the thing. It's not a bad book. And it's it's not even a, a mediocre book. It's actually a good book. It, it I feel like if it had come before Mr. Miracle, we'd be saying the same thing about Mr. Miracle number one. It's just, for me, yeah. too similar. Um, but, you know, it, it, it now, and I'm, my concern is now we're getting into a murder mystery, which we know how that shit went in Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm I'm invested enough in the story to, to keep going with it. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that, 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 that we will see better things, different things throughout the next, you know, couple of issues. Perhaps the, the first issue was intentionally similar to, to lure in the fans of Mr. Miracle and say, oh, okay, I I like this too. And then maybe we'll, we'll get some, some type of different story, especially with Mr. Terrific coming in and being kind of this, what they call the second lead of this book. So I'm, 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 I'm very curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. They really need to fix Alana. They, her character just does not make sense, and she's the glaring problem in the book for me. Not that I dislike her mm-hmm. character, but her character just doesn't make sense. Well, I think that's the point, right? I think the point. I think Alana. We, we have a couple of theories. It's either not really Alana, or two. This is the Alana that always was, and you know the Adam Strange's interpretation of Alana and the Adventures on Ron is the fantasy. And she's really kind of more this person than she was that person. So, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. Well, this was a very strange week in comics because we not only had a new issue of Doctor Strange that we're not talking about. We not only had Strange Adventures, 
But we also had the launch of Strange Academy from Marvel Comics. We talked about this book when it was announced a few months back, um, written by Scotty Young, art by Umberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. Um, for those of us who picked the book up digitally, uh, we got the director's cut edition, which contained all the additional covers, the um, some character sketches, uh, the script, uh, the pencils and inks, uh, or I guess just the inks of the original pages. So lots of lots of content um, for co- for the cover price. I love when Marvel does that. And Tim, I believe, invested in the first issue of Strange Academy. So Tim, what'd you think? You know, you know what happens, Paul, when you get a, a clever, fun-written book that's drawn by Umberto Ramos? That's what we call a win-win. Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, I know it's going to grate on someone's nerves. <laughs> <laughs> so Strange Academy um, basically takes me back to the days of your of Avengers Academy. Um, yep. Which gives me, this, you know, it gives me that... that that teen school drama thing that I, I, I actually, I'm kind of a guilty pleasure of. And, uh, man, there's so much good in this book. I, I laughed. There's one scene where it's just in the background, but there's basically a mindless one raking, like <laughs> raking the guards of this, of this manner. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but yeah, this is the story of, uh, Basically, a lot of the magical heroes deciding that at some point, because magic's been reintroduced, which I don't know what that's about, but whatever, um, that, you know, maybe there should be a place where um, the sorcerers of tomorrow can learn. And it's a gathering of this uh, this eclectic group of kids that they're going to, to uh, train. And uh, I got I to gotta tell you, I'm not... I haven't read anything from from this writer before, but man, this is a fun book to laugh. I'll basically cover to cover. I I I gotta tell you, the artwork uh, was so welcome. I I I truly loved uh, the, the 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 pencils and inks in this book, and even the coloring was uh, was terrific. But I gotta tell you, my my favorite character i mean and all these characters are new right all these kids are are, are new characters my favorite character has got to be doyle dormammu or as i keep calling him kid dormammu Uh, i i i I fucking love this character i mean he's exactly the douchebag you would think that uh you know dormammu's son would be i i just i i love this character in this book yeah, a academy book has exactly one job in a first issue. It has to make you care about the kids that are coming to the school. That they have you have to be won over on the students, otherwise the book isn't going to work. Uh, for me, I liked the Emily Bright character quite a bit. I love the Dormammu son. I I could care less about any of the other characters though. That for the kids, I did like the teacher that came and picked up uh, Emily. Zelma. Yeah, I liked her quite a bit. But none of the other kids, I didn't care about any of them. I loved uh, them all. I, I didn't I find care. didn't find the book funny at all. It's oh. interesting you guys were laughing throughout it. Uh, I did like the main character. I liked uh, Dormammu's kid enough that I'm on the fence about whether I want to give this a second issue. But I did not enjoy this book either. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I, You know how I feel about Umberto Ramos. I just do not like his art style in any way. But... 
there's quite a few pages in here where I didn't have a problem with it. He actually did more curves than usual because he's usually a right angle jaw person and he didn't do that as much. Uh, there were quite a few characters that I thought were very well drawn for, you know, for being Umberto Ramos art. But the book did not ca- like Avengers Academy. I cared about the characters right away. They won me over. These characters, I don't care about the Asgardians. I don't care about the troll. I don't care about the fairy. None of them were interesting to me or gave me anything to latch on to other than Emily and Dormammu's kid. But they are enough that I'm probably going to give this a second issue. Oh, I, I loved it. I love the Frost Giant. Uh, I love, to, to uh, Tim's point, I loved the mindful, the mindless ones working uh, on campus as, as groundskeepers and whatnot, but that they've got their, their uh, uh, the person who's monitoring them in the dormitory is the mindful one and also their personal chef. He's wearing a suit. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I, I fucking love that. And I got to tell you, Brother Voodoo has never looked so good. I, Brother Voodoo looks fantastic. I love the setup. You know, the Academy uh, is set up on 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 these, you know, massive grounds in, in the Louisiana, New Orleans, French Quarter. But there is a spatial spell so that uh, it compresses the space so that nobody knows these massive grounds are there. Uh, I dug this book. I, I thought this book was great. Two um, of their temp teachers are two of my favorite magic characters in the Marvel Universe. I don't see them bringing Nico in as a teacher, but she is one of my favorites. And uh, Shaman, I'm a huge Alpha Flight fan. So anytime I get to see Shaman show up in a book, I'm happy about that. I Yeah, and I can't believe you didn't laugh at this book. There's a scene with the man bun Asgardian with his new roommate. And he's like, do you know Thor? <laughs> like, well, Thor's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I really don't know Thor. Oh, okay. How about Odin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was laughing at that myself. Hey, Wayne, I, I just want to ask one question uh, because I know how you know sometimes the, your mood or how you feel about a book is uh, uh, is dictated by how you feel personally. And I know that you know you've been you've been uh, hurt this week. Do you think that that might have influenced uh, how you felt about this book and perhaps Superman villains? That definitely is the case sometimes, but I don't think that was the case this time. Because with Superman villains, when I look at it, my problem with it was I wanted to see the villain reactions. That's Mm -hmm. what I bought the book for. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't really what was in the book. So I think that was a big part of why I wasn't happy with it, was it was a huge disappointment versus how they sold the book to me. And I don't think that had anything to do with my mood. This one could have been more impacted by that. It just... it didn't see i didn't get the funny that you guys mm-hmm. did i just didn't see it well and i wonder if that maybe it, that was because you weren't in a funny mood yeah that yeah. is possible that yeah. it could have been but not this not superman villain superman villain okay. very clearly my problem with that was i felt it was bait and switch okay so uh, so much like when you get a get when, when companies sell you a gift card and hope they, that you lose it uh i'm gonna worry about a favor so i'm gonna cash in right now paul i paid you picked up ghost rider for you I want you to pick up. I want you to pick up this book. I did. Oh, yeah, I did. I was letting you guys go. So, wow, <laughs> you lost that favor. Wow. Oh well, damn. Yes, done. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I loved it. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I would liken it more to Wolverine and the X Men 
than I would to Avengers Academy. Um, I would agree with that as well. From a you know from a character feel kind of thing, even the art, because uh, I, I think um, I don't remember who the artist on Wolverine and the X Men was, but you know that that was the, the series where Wolverine was training the next generation of X Men. Um, and they had some quirky characters, uh, you know, you know, sons and daughters of existing characters, new characters, but they all had like quirky um, habits and and personalities. Uh, so th- this kind of reminded me of that. I, I love the setting. Um, you know, it, it at first I thought it was just going to be straight up like Marvel's version of um, Harry Potter, and it does have that Harry Potter esque vibe, but it also very much sticks within the Marvel universe. And the context of those characters and the world that that the Marvel universe populates. So I enjoyed it. And, I should also mention I don't like Harry Potter. <laughs> Nor do I. We can agree on that. But uh, Paul, yes, are sir. you going to fill out your Strange Academy application because they've got it right there in the back of the book? I, mean, I feel like I'd have to take a screenshot and print it and then mail it in. And they said you can do that, or you can just tear it right out of the print copy. Just tear it. <laughs> that's true. Or remove this page. That's terrible. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you guys got it in the digital copy, but on the on the uh, on the inside of the back cover was a, a ad for Taskmaster Number One. Did not get that. <laughs> so uh, it's basically Taskmaster looking badass in the setup that he's on the run from the world's greatest super spies, but for the ones he's he's innocent. So <laughs> I was like, hmm. I. Darn well, maybe. <laughs> uh, this I'm, looks like it's by Jed McKay. I have always enjoyed Taskmaster, and I particularly enjoyed him in Avengers Academy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I might, I might check it out. I'm looking it up now. Um, Taskmaster has murdered Maria Hill, or at least that's what the whole world thinks. Now the greatest spies in the business are hunting him down and won't stop until Taskmaster is dead or clears his name. I'm not familiar with Jed McKay, but Alessandro Viti, who does the art, was the artist on Secret yeah. Warriors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, Tim, I'll, I'll give that one a shot. Cool. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'll be in for that as well. Well, I'm in for issue two. Yeah, oh, yeah. same here. Yeah, yeah. What a good deal. Well, I, I, I think it's time for us to lose our minds a little bit, guys, because it's time for Crossover March Madness! This Aaron's dogs just ran into the room. Yeah, no, this, is where we, this is where you play the musical bumper if we had one. So just pretend we did. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Oh, there, what there are we going to do if we have a tie? So I've thought about this long and hard. Uh, I think that in uh, in uh, going with the theme of our our uh, our friends at, at Starfleet Academy, that we should defer to the captain. The captain, by which we mean the Captain Cisco to our Deep Space Nine, Mr. Aaron Head. And, it, we, and when we say defer, I mean Aaron should flip a coin. Ah, or roll a ah, die. Whatever he's got ah. handy in the office. Okay. Okay. Because four is not a good number to get a quorum. That is fair. That is fair. So what we're doing this time, you know, those of you who are longtime listeners will recall that, you know, our our Arkham March Madness, where we have pitted the Batman villains against each other. Well, with uh, news on the street being that AT&T, the new owner of uh, DC Comics, uh, not being wild about the comics business and thinking about dumping it. Uh, and then, you know, speculation that Marvel might be looking to pick up 
that uh, those DC properties, and this is all you know, rumors and innuendo, but it's 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 made its way around uh, the comic sites. We thought this time we would cross over the matchups we want to see. So, you know, per- perhaps, you know, Superman versus Howard the Duck, right? Uh, so, you know, this is this is our March Madness brackets of which ultimately would be the most uh, fantastic matchup to see of a DC property versus a Marvel property. Uh, and with that said, Paul, we, we're starting off with... Uh, uh, 16 crossovers, so eight brackets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this week. And we will I, get will, to... uh, I will put the grid on iomgeek.com and on our social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, iomgeek. Uh, and you can download it for yourself, fill it out, and let us know how your bracket looks. Yeah, and you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll do the eight this week, and then next week we'll do the four, right? So, uh, so very exciting. Paul! What's our first matchup? Well, I feel like I shouldn't have done it this way, you know. I, but this is the nature of things being random, uh, because we have two of our best matchups right off the bat. So mm. we have Thanos versus Darkseid, or Moon Knight versus Batman. And just as a reminder, what we're going to do is we're going to vote on which crossover we'd rather see, or would you know would actually per- would rather purchase. And I feel like this is a tough one for me because. I'd want both, especially as a dark side <laughs> fan. Um, but to kick us off, I will um, I will say I'm actually going to vote uh, differently this time. I'm actually going to vote for Moon Knight versus Batman, uh, mostly so I can see some of that sweet, sweet Declan Shalvey art on both characters. Maybe get Warren Ellis writing it. Ooh, I feel like that is a book that I would rather see than Thanos versus Darkseid, which I feel like well, we've seen a little bit of in, in other crossovers already. But what if it's Jim Starlin drawing Thanos versus Darkseid? Oh, God damn it. Or, <laughs> at least you didn't say Ron Lim. <laughs> what if it's I'm Ron sorry, Lim? What if it's, what if it's Jim Starlin writing it and Ron Lim drawing it? Oh, I mean, that's... We can't take this long on every decision. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, I'm going to go the opposite of here. So we uh, we'll keep things a little evened out here. I think Thanos versus Darkseid would be the more interesting crossover because at that point you get to start seeing the impact of these two just powerful titans going at it. You know, you see what's going on, how Earth is impacted by this, how the other heroes end up having to deal with the fallout. Moon Knight versus Batman. I like both characters, but Moon Knight's not in Batman's league. You know, Moon Knight is a really good and interesting character, but it just, he's not in Batman's league. Batman is Batman. And so I don't get the, you know, I don't get the excitement out of that crossover that I do out of Thanos and Darkseid. I don't don't disagree with you that that Moon Knight's not Batman, but I would also say that Thanos isn't in Darkseid's league. Um, I, I certainly feel like Thanos is the Marvel version of Darkseid, but Darkseid is much more, um, I, I think he is a, a higher level being than Thanos is. I feel like Thanos is still mired very much in his uh, mortal desires, uh, whereas Darkseid is, has ascended above that, you know, still has, uh, you know, still is obsessed with his uh, desire to solve the anti-life equation. But uh, he is he is not mired with such petty things as as love and greed and, uh, you know, petty, petty 
biases. Um, and I think that's where Thanos lives. I think that's, that's right in the middle of where Thanos is. Um, I, my preference would be Moon Knight versus Batman, uh, st- strictly because I have wanted to see that forever. I've, I really, I, I, I want to see a live action Moon Knight. Uh, I really like Moon Knight. I like, I like how damaged Moon Knight is. Uh, and I would love to see a Moon Knight versus Batman. See, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to agree with Wayne on this one. I think a Thanos dark side matchup is a little more interesting to me just because I think you're going to see a lot more who's going to try to get in the middle of, of that, uh, of that meeting. What are the two going to have to deal with some other heroes? I think it's a, to me, it's a more interesting story than, uh, two, de- two detectives, I guess you could say. Um, I, I agree with Aaron though, that Thanos to dark side is kind of moon knight to batman but I, moon knight isn't even the marvel character i would pick to to pair with batman so Who for me be? i think daredevil batman's the way to go on that one mm. but i almost went that um, way but we already had it and so that's why i didn't go with it. yeah but to me i i think i would i would go thanos dark side i think it'd be interesting to see that crossover it'd probably be an event and you would get a lot more traction a lot more heroes in that book than you would get villains in a moon knight batman book. fair point so i would say you know to, to tim's point moon knight versus batman is a great uh you know one shot crossover prestige format book you know for us who grew up in the 90s thanos versus dark side is probably like a six issue series featuring <laughs> you know multiple tie-ins and crossovers because when well, thanos if thanos were to fight dark side it would you know destroy half the universe yeah well and he would prepare you- for it and there would be a gauntlet and some stones well and don't you see that uh the thanos versus dark side is the conflict that sets up all these other conflicts that we're talking about in march madness you know yeah. it's thanos sending yeah. his, the champions of marvel versus dark side sending the champions of dc i mean we've created our own uh, crossover story hey, here i can just see the cover with thanos with the gauntlet and then dark side's hand over it like oh yeah <laughs> yep. so have we convinced anyone from the Moon Knight Batman side to cross over, or do we need Captain Head to flip a coin? I'm gonna go with Thanos first. I'll I'll I'll, I'll vote for Thanos versus Dark Side. Even though I would love to see Moon Knight versus Batman, I feel like with Thanos versus Dark Side, we're still gonna get Moon Knight versus Batman. So it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, Thanos v Dark Side wins the first round. Dawn of Justice. So our next matchup is Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate, or Mr. Fantastic versus Plastic Man. Talk amongst yourselves. All right, I'll go first on this one. I don't need to see two stretchy people fight. I want to see Big Magic versus Big Magic. Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate's my vote. I think I'm going to vote the same way, and the reason I am is because lately the Doctor Strange we've been getting has a lot more heart in him than in 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 comics past, and Doctor Fate is very much like the vision he's very he's very logically bound i think i i think a magic adventure with the two of them would be a pretty good buddy cop movie so that's why i would go with that one yeah dr fate would be the straight man yeah um you know it's tricky for me because i am enjoying dr strange's current interpretation but not dr fates i'm enjoying mr fantastic's I've always enjoyed Mr. Fantastic, but I'm not loving the current Plastic Man. No, actually, I do like what Bendis has been doing with Plastic Man. Um, but I feel like 
in this category, I'm going to go for Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate. Um, even though we've seen that, we saw Doctor Strange Fate in the pages of the Marvel versus DC from you know years ago. I feel like that is. Um, I would especially you know I'm 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 just going and uh, and casting all these books. Um, <laughs> you know, as we talk about them, because if you had the current creative team of Doctor Strange doing the uh, the writing and art on on that crossover, so that would be Mark Wade and Kev Walker. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's just a license to to take my money. So I'm going to go that I, way. I'm going to vote for Mister Fantastic versus Plastic Man, and here's my reasoning: um, the Mr. Even though they both are, are, are you know, uh, elastic in nature, you know, they are stretchy powers. Uh, so their power set looks very much the same. Um, the, those two characters could not be more different. Um, you know, you've got Mr. Fantastic, who is arguably the the most intelligent person uh, in in the six one six. Versus Plastic Man, who is ridiculously silly. He's more like the Impossible Man over in the the Marvel universe. Uh, but you also have that aspect of Plastic Man that Grant Morrison used to write, that he is arguably the most powerful uh, superhero in the DC universe, um, and that he is immortal. And you know, you've got all those different properties and the different aspects and and the silliness of of uh, Plastic Man versus the very serious nature of Mister Fantastic. And I think that the those two diametrically opposed personalities uh, and their very similar skill sets uh, in terms of powers uh, would be a really interesting matchup. Uh, So that's my vote. I understand why you guys are going for Dr. Strange and Dr. Fate. Those are both characters that I love. Uh, I think you're right, Paul. I think Mark Wade and a Kev Walker book on that would be outstanding, but I'd also really like to see uh, Mr. Fantastic and Plastic Man. So that's my vote. But our winner is Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate. So our third bracket. Yes, our third bracket. I mean, these are all kind of tough choices. Well, this one's not for me. <laughs> um, so our two choices are The Thing versus Metamorpho or Thor versus Shazam. And since, Aaron, you haven't kicked us off yet, why don't you go ahead and kick us off on this one? Mine, I, 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 I love the idea of uh, Thor versus Shazam, you know, uh, just, you know, two, uh, when you get back to the basics of those characters versus really how Thor is right now, but, you know, two mortals imbued with the powers of, uh, of gods, I think that's a, that's a great matchup. I think it's more of a better matchup with Donald Blake, Thor, versus t- today's 24-7 Thor. Uh, and Shazam, but I still I think I think it's a great matchup. But my preference here is the Thing versus Metamorpho because they are both reluctant heroes. They are both heroes who did not want to become heroes. They are heroes despite themselves. Uh, you know, they rise to the occasion. You know, the Thing would pref- would like nothing more. You know, Ben Grimm, the Thing would like nothing more than to be a man every day. And to you know, still be uh, the man that he was when he was a when he was in college, and you know, uh, but he de- he he is trapped in in that you know rock form of his, just like Metamorpho uh, is inhuman uh, after uh, his change. So I, I'd like to see those two monsters going head to head, and I love both of those characters, and that would be a matchup I'd love to see. 
So and I want to see that matchup, the fight, but then I want to see them bonding. I think it starts with yeah, a right. yeah. It starts with the superhero fight where they misunderstand, think the other's a monster, and then they realize and see themselves in each other and become friends for the rest of the book, dealing with another villain. I, I completely and agree. because of because of personality. That's why I'm going. I'm agreeing with you on Thing versus Metamorpho. You know, they're not the the big flashy battle that Thor versus Shazam would be. But the personalities of Metamorpho and Ben Grimm, I think, would make an interesting one-shot story. That book is way too mopey for my taste. Let me tell you about. <laughs> let me tell you about a book that I I would I would get behind. It's Billy Batson in fucking Asgard. I'm holy shit. These are two of my like favorite heroes. So like seeing him in the same book interacting, I mean, I'd even take like uh old man thor and shazam i think that would be cool but i aaron i would love donald blake and and, and donald blake thor and billy batson as well i don't want i I don't want the entire captain i don't want the whole family but man man i want to see this book wouldn't it be fun though to see shazam like you know the h in shazam stands for the power of hercules right well what what if at some point in the book it becomes the power of thor Versus the power of Hercules. So it's Stazam. You know. <laughs> There's just so much you can like. Also, also, is Billy Batson reporting for Wiz Radio while he's while he's up there in Asgard? I need to know. Probably not. Is he Probably reporting for his radio show? I just you know, I need to know. You don't get reception up there. You make a really <laughs> strong case, Tim. I'm, I'm just envisioning the art of Billy as Billy wandering around the cities around Asgard. I just have him with the Warriors three at a like meat hall, like oh, the two of them fighting frost giants, just beating wholesale ass. I oh, such a good book. I I I get what you guys are saying about about the monster complex, but man, I think that book be too mopey, especially against the Titan that is Thor and Shazam. So that's my vote. Paul, <sighs> you know. I'm, well, I'm just spoilers. I'm gonna vote for Thor versus Shazam, but the <laughs> but the only reason I I don't like Meta I I just don't love Metamorpho as a character. But had this been the Terrifics versus the Fantastic Four, that probably would have gotten my vote, um, because the Terrifics are basically DC's version of Fantastic Four anyway, and surprisingly still published. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I don't understand why that book is still. You know, I feel like I need to hop back in because <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the first few issues. I just I didn't stick with it. Um, and now it's got a it's got some great art on it. But anyway, um, no, I went with Thor versus Shazam, especially because now I'm now I'm creating this crossover event in my head. And that would be a better fit for Thanos versus Darkseid. OK, so we've got a tie. So I have uh, drawn pulled out my 20 uh, sided die. And I've got it in the dice cup. So uh, odds are Thing versus Metamorpho. Evens is Thor versus Shazam. I like that. That's a good good way to break it. And it's Evens. So it's Thor versus Shazam. Yes. Emerges to the next stage. I feel Thank bad, Aaron, because all the ones that you contributed to this uh, to this thing are, are getting voted out. Yeah, I feel bad too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the next one is is a fun mashup, and for me, I, actually, I think they both came from me, or maybe no, one of them came from Aaron. Um, 
I don't know. We'll see. So it's Justice League Dark versus the Midnight Suns or Hitmonkey versus Detective Chimp. And for the record, that one came from me. Ah, okay. Well, neither one of these was me. (laughs) Oh, well, I know. I know Justice League Dark versus Midnight Suns came from me. So that's what I'm voting for. Um, just because, uh, you know, Justice League Dark I, I, is another title that I, I just didn't stick with, but uh, I enjoy those characters. And, and you get Detective Chimp as part of that anyway. Um, and, of course, anything with the Midnight Suns I'm going to sign up for. Uh, so I I would absolutely love to see that crossover. Because then I get, like, seven characters versus seven characters instead of one versus one. So. I, I, I would vote for Squirrel Girl and Creeper. Versus anything having to do with chimps, so I'm going to co-sign <laughs> Paul's vote. Get out of the way. So if this were '90s Midnight Suns, it would be a hard choice for me because that's when I loved Midnight Suns, but I don't love it right now. Yeah, I might have enjoyed the last issue of Ghost Rider, but I haven't enjoyed a lot of what they've done with them. And it's Hit Monkey versus Detective Chimp. You don't get much more fun than that. Detective Chimp is such an amazing character, and then you've got a monkey with guns. How could anyone vote against that combination of them meeting? Yeah, you know, Wayne, I'm right there with you. I mean, it, it just it just feels like this is all the monkey action, all the monkey time. And when we're talking about March Madness, you gotta have all your monkey action, all the monkey time. So again, it's another tie between JL Dark versus Midnight Suns and Hit Monkey versus Detective Chimp. So again, I'm rolling the die, and uh, odds is. Uh, Justice League Dark uh, versus Midnight Suns. Evens is uh, the, the Monkey Madness. And uh, odds. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League Dark versus Midnight Suns. First disappointment. <laughs> it has been nothing but disappointment for me, Wayne. <laughs> well, it's been a success, though. <laughs> so our next matchup is Daredevil versus Raz Al Ghul. Or Jaro versus Spider Ham. Why is this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> of all of all the ones to tie in together. So, well, Tim, I, why don't you start us off then? If we were seeding these, I think Daredevil Raz Al Ghul is like a, a one-two seed. This is such a great idea for a book. I, I it, it, it's kind of yeah. No, it's okay. It, Sell me on it. Why? Because I don't I, find it interesting. It's because oh, God, I like the tortured daredevil character. I, I like the, uh, the the Matt the Matt Murdock falling down character, getting sold on the League of Assassins. I like the the t- the temptation story where Roz has tried to do that with Batman so many times and failed, and tried to do it with the Bat Family and failed, and he just hooks Daredevil in for like three issues of a six issue series making him a training him in the league of assassins making him the number one you know well, and sweetening the pot with a little talia there too right right i mean you, and, can, you can see matt and talia yeah absolutely Dare, daredevil has a thing for uh raven-haired uh uh-huh. you know uh, raven-haired foreign women so assassins assassins <laughs> too. Yeah, no, that that's the story I, I would want to see if you if you told if you told it, and, and obviously by the end you'd see Daredevil throw off the shackles and 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 uh, 
throwdown, but like those first issues with the temp- basically the temptation of Matt Murdock. Oh yeah, no. Jaro Spider Man, I a spider ham. I I don't know why it's a thing. I'm sorry, Wayne. <laughs> My vote's for Daredevil Ross Alpool. Well, talk to us, Wayne. I just don't see the appeal of Daredevil Raj Al Ghul. We've seen the Daredevil temptation storyline so many times. We've seen him turned evil. We've seen him come back. We've seen the his dead girlfriends come back. So even the using that as the Lazarus Pit storyline, it's just been done and done and done. And the Daredevil I really enjoyed was the Mark Wade's Happy Daredevil. Question. Yeah. Does the Lazarus Pit heal Matt Murdock's eyes? That's an interesting question. Ah. Just asking. That is an interesting twist to it, though. Mm. It might make it an interesting story. Uh, I don't know how he would... Didn't he get his eyesight back for a short time? And it screwed up all his powers? Yeah. I want to say that was during the Mark Wade run. I think that would right. make sense. That would make sense. I, I guess in my, my story, I wouldn't have even like tempted him with the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. Raj, I just don't see him picking daredevil as his you know as his go-to to win over but i'm not as big a daredevil fan as you guys are so i don't know it just doesn't have that fun appeal that a spider ham jaro story and i don't even know who jaro is i'm just throwing <laughs> spider-man in there or spider ham in there paul i'm torn um because I think these are both my suggestions. And I Daredevil versus Ra's al Ghul, what's funny is I put it out there and I'm like, oh, that would be great. It would be basically like Arrow season two, like the temptation of Daredevil and, and you know, the but kind of also a bit of the born again. Um, but as Tim described that book, it reminded me a lot of Shadowland and we all hated that crossover. Um, that was with C.S. Lewis. No, remember that was when uh, Daredevil <laughs> became a member of the Hand, and the heroes had to take him down because uh, he took over Hell's Kitchen. <sighs> so it's it's not C.S. Lewis o- overcoming loss in his life. It's not. Yeah. It's not, and okay. inspiring him. No, um, <laughs> that's a deep cutter. <laughs> <laughs> literary humor. Who knew? Um, I'm going to go with. You know what? I'm going to go with Daredevil versus Ra's al Ghul. I am. No. No. God, I'm torn. I'm torn. Well, let me let me let me throw out mine. I uh, I'm going for Jaro Spider Ham because as much as I would be down for a Daredevil Rajal Ghoul story, I mean, I really would. I, I would be all in for that. Uh, particularly particularly if you had the the right artwork. Um, I, but man, I I loves me some Jaro. I loves me some Spider Ham, and uh, I would really enjoy that story. Especially if uh, you went that... like, you know, with the profanity laden of oh, the yeah. characters. Yeah, think about the uh, the the Howard the Duck uh, magazine uh, newsstand format uh, back in the day with like Michael Golden and uh, Bill Mantlo on those books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I bet totally down for that. All right, I'm going with Jaro versus Spider Ham. Yeah, I'm doing it. So we have a, we go. have a, we have I won a... one. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was not one. I expected to win. <laughs> well, next Anything week it can happen in March Madness. Yeah. So we're about to find out what it's going to go up against next week because our next crossover battle is Damian Wayne versus Miles Morales or Deadpool versus Harley Quinn. Um, I guess I'll kick us off on this one. 
Damian Wayne is one of my favorite DC characters, but I don't, I, I know this is sacrilege, but I don't love Miles Morales. Um, you know, I like the movie, but I generally don't love the comics. So for me, this is Deadpool versus Harley Quinn all the way because I feel like that is a no-brainer crossover that we would only get, um, you know, in this fantasy world. Like, had the two characters existed in the 90s when they did DC versus Marvel, we would have gotten it. Um, actually, I think they, they maybe, I think it was right on the cusp of these characters kind of hitting it big. Um, this just feels like the, the obvious crossover that should be happening. And then maybe with some Amanda Connor art, but written by Jimmy Palmiotti. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, am not a fan of Deadpool in the comics, nor am I a fan of Harley Quinn in the comics. I like the Deadpool movie. I love Harley Quinn in the animated series, uh, but I, I I don't care for either one of these characters in comics. However, I recognize uh, what a huge deal this would be. Uh, you know, and as much as I like both Damian Wayne and Miles Morales, for the good of the business, for the good of comics, Paul, I will select Deadpool versus Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, that thing will sing. It would sell like gangbusters. Oh yeah, especially it, it, if you throw be... a punchline punchline in there as a cameo. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, you know, it'd be huge, huge. So, uh, Wayne. All right. So I hate Damian Wayne, and. Miles Morales. You know, I, Wayne, I, I, I'm sorry. You are just coming from a very hateful place this week. <laughs> well, on the other side of that coin, I love Miles Morales. Okay. But I loved him in the Ultimate Universe, and I loved him in the movie. I haven't liked most of what they've done with Miles since they you know, merged the Ultimate Universe with the regular Harder universe. Harder I just group. I feel like I lost the character. It, he became a much more generic character than he was in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. So that crossover, if we were dealing with Tim Drake and Ultimate Miles Morales, it would be a completely different story. It would be a hard choice for me then. Yeah. But Deadpool and Harley just seem like a perfect mashup. You know, the what's going on in both of their heads, and then you have the uh, two head cannons talking to each other, mm-hmm. and the two of them just confused about why their heads are talking to each other. I just I see the fun in this. I see the crazy sales. I see the cosplays that come out of it. I see, you know, their costumes being mish- mixed and matched up, amalgam style, for more action figures. Yeah. It's, it's an easy vote. You know what the problem yeah. with this one is? And I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk here in a second, Tim. The problem with this one is that Kit Loki doesn't exist anymore. Uh, yeah. Because if it was Damian Wayne versus Kit Loki, I, I don't feel like there would be a competition. Oh, yeah. No, completely agree. Completely agree. Tim? With Kieran Gillen writing that book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's actually a better one. Um, I uh, I feel like uh, my, my vote's not going to matter. It would be for Damian Wayne Miles Morales. But uh, I guess here's my here's my argument. I think th- the people that read Deadpool are the same people that read Harley Quinn anyway. I, th- I think there's not a lot of... Uh, you're, you're not going to draw in fans of one to see the other. With the with the with the Damian Wayne Miles Morales book, I think you'd get more amalgamation of the two the two groups of fans. Look at that word. Uh, yeah, well, I stole <laughs> I stole it from Wayne. Um, so I, uh, I I think that Deadpool Harley Quinn would sell more, sure, and I think it would be a good a, a good one shot. I think you get a little more traction from the other one. So I'm going to vote for Damian Wayne and Miles Morales, but clearly. 
the winner of this matchup is Deadpool Harley Quinn. All right. Well, I think you know. I think we should have called this thing the Amalgam uh, March Madness. I, I don't. We we missed our opportunity. We'll, we'll, we'll refer to it next week. Next we'll, week. We'll, well, we're not we're, we're not mushing them together. It's just uh, you know because in Amalgam you that had Doctor Strange. Year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, in Amalgam yeah. you had instead of it was Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate, it was Doctor Strange Fate. Right. That's true. So. Uh, you know, it's it's not Dr. that we're Jaroham. Jaroham. <laughs> Spider Jaro. Spider Jaro. Uh, yeah, think of all the legs. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Plastic Man. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right. Yeah, no, we're we're already taking notes for next year. Well, Deadpool versus Harley Quinn wins that matchup, and the next matchup is another one that I feel like That is correct. So I, I feel like we should have next had... matchup is Fantastic Four versus Doom Patrol or Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom. I feel like we should have Tim. seated these, Tim. I really do. Now that now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Some of these are like, I really wanted to see some of these go forward, but I guess it's going to be a hard choice at some point. Go ahead. This this is not a hard choice because Doom Troll sucks. Lex Luthor, Doctor Doom, check. End of story. <laughs> I you know I like the idea of a Fantastic Four versus Doom Patrol. Uh, I don't think I would have said that before I watched the Doom Patrol television series. Uh, and speaking of which, I'm uh, watching season two of Teen Titans right now. Highly recommended. Um, but I got to go Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom because I love both of those guys. Uh, and I love both of those guys a lot. Uh, I, have, I, ha- I feel strongly that Doctor Doom uh, ultimately wins over Lex Luthor, but I want to see that struggle. Yeah, it's, the Doom Patrol is basically DC's version of Fantastic Four. I know we talked about the Terrifics earlier, but and Terrifics are a complete ripoff. But Doom Patrol, in a lot of ways, is DC's Fantastic Four. Uh, I think those are some. It would be a really interesting crossover. But like you guys, I want to see the brilliance of Lex versus the brilliance of Doom, and I don't want this Apex Lex stuff. Correct. I want yeah. the scheming Lex versus the scheming Doctor Doom, and them outthinking each other and having backup plans for their backup plans and well and i i, I also don't want uh you know lex luthor post new 52 i really kind of want you know uh pre new 52 lex luthor right president, president luthor god yeah, yeah. president luthor and <laughs> red latveria oh. I, I just think about the battle scene in the sky lex corp versus doom bots yeah well, and you know, if you're using '90s Luthor, you know he could always send uh, his Supergirl after after Doctor Doom. You know, you have Matrix going after it. I, I I'd be totally down for that, Paul. My vote is 100% for Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom because I do enjoy the Doom Patrol television show, though I don't know that that's the Doom Patrol that I necessarily want crossing over with Fantastic Four. Mm. Um, but as a comic property, I've never enjoyed Doom Patrol. So for me, it is uh, definitely Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom uh, for the same reasons as Darkseid versus uh, Thanos. I feel like a Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom is, you know, that is, I, I, you know, both brilliant guys with so much at their disposal to to pit against each other. Um, I, I think that would be a fantastic book with the right writer, not Bendis. Um, you know, but someone, uh, someone who, who who could genuinely get both characters uh, written written well. All right, our last matchup of of, of the night 
is uh, Invaders versus Freedom Fighters or Wonder Woman versus Captain Marvel. And I got to say, as much as I enjoy the Freedom Fighters book, I do not have nearly as much invested uh, in those characters as I do with the Invaders. And certainly not as much as I have invested with Wonder Woman versus Captain Marvel. And I think that's the one I've got to go with. I really would love to see Diana going up against Carol Danvers. Uh, I, I, I love the idea of that book. You know what I want to see? I want to see Captain America meet Uncle Sam. Uh, that's the scene I want to see. Mm-hmm. And that's my big reason going uh, Invaders versus Freedom Fighters is you're dealing with two World War II level, you know, era teams but specifically, I want to see Captain America and Uncle Sam interact. I that just sounds like such an interesting story to me. Yeah, I got I got to go with Wayne on that one. Invaders versus Freedom Fighters. Looking at these two matchups, that is um, absolutely a book I would love to read. Uh, you know, the, the big World War II action. You know, don't set it modern time. I want it set because both of them have modern equivalents. No, no, right. I want the World War II Invaders versus Freedom Fighters. I would buy neither of these books. <laughs> um, I, I, they both kind of offend my sensibilities, <laughs> such as they are. But I feel like I feel like Aaron's got a little bit of this, a little bit of a shaft in, the, in, the, in this vote. So I will at least give him a die roll and vote for Wonder Woman versus. Smith. Captain Marvel, because Wonder Woman is the character out of all of these that I actually like. All right, so we're we're going back to the twenty sided die of doom, and uh, we've got uh, Invaders versus Freedom Fighters as odds. Wonder Woman versus Captain Marvel as evens, and it's odds. God damn it! <laughs> Your dice hate you. I, boy, they really do. So uh, Invaders versus Freedom Fighters. So Paul. We've yeah. got uh, we, we've got four brackets for next time. Yeah, we've got the final four. We're gonna have Thanos versus Darkseid or Doctor Strange versus Doctor Fate, Thor versus Shazam or Justice League Dark versus Midnight Suns, Jaro versus Spider Ham or Deadpool versus Harley Quinn, Lex Luthor versus Doctor Doom or the Invaders versus the Freedom Fighters. All right, well that's pretty exciting. Hey Paul. Yes sir. What's coming out next week? Well, uh, I don't know because I was too busy <laughs> typing out the notes from this conversation. Uh, so we're going to be unfortunately obvi- not these books because yeah. I, I want to read these. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be an expensive week. Holy crap! Yeah. So we will definitely be talking about our next iteration of crossover March Madness and next week's new books when next we meet. Very exciting. Well, uh, we want to know what you thought about our selections in uh, crossover March Madness. And hey, give us your predictions uh, for the uh, for the final four. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. But Paul, yes, that's sir. not the only way they can get a hold of us. No, like I mentioned earlier, you can hit us up on our social media channels, Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And like I said, I'm going to post the bracket there so that you can fill it out yourself. Very exciting. Well, we look forward to doing this all over again next week. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.